The Legal Underground Podcast, Episode 39. On today's show, an inside look at the 1999 law drama The Insider, with a focus on two of the lawyers depicted in the film, Ron Motley and Dickie Scruggs. This is the Legal Underground Podcast, hosted by Evan Schaefer, one of the friendliest trial lawyers you're ever likely to meet, but hopefully won't have to. And now, here's Evan Schaefer. Six years ago, in 1999, the film The Insider was marketed as depicting a true story about a lawsuit against the tobacco industry. The Insider was critically acclaimed and widely watched, but in case you didn't see it, here's a quick synopsis. The film was based on a true story about a 1994 tobacco industry expose by 60 Minutes that was blocked by CBS's parent company Westinghouse. The movie had a big-name director, Michael Mann, as well as big-name actors. The 60 Minutes producer was played by Al Pacino, and the Tobacco Insider, Jeffrey Wigand, was played by Russell Crowe. I've got a few audio clips from the movie to set things up. Let's start with Russell Crowe as the insider Jeffrey Wigand giving his interview on 60 Minutes. Three, two... You heard Mr. Sandifer say before Congress that he believed nicotine was not addictive. I believe Mr. Sandifer perjured himself because I watched those testimonies very carefully. No, all of us did. I mean, there was this whole line of people, whole line of CEOs up there, all swearing. Part of the reason I'm here is that I felt that their representation clearly misstated, at least within Brown and Williamson's representation, clearly misstated what is common language within the company. We are in the nicotine delivery business. And that's what cigarettes are for? Delivery device for nicotine. A delivery device for nicotine. Put it in your mouth, light it up, and you're going to get your fix. You're going to get your fix. Compelling? Some people thought so. The movie received seven Academy Award nominations, and people are still talking about it today. On the movie podcast Cinecast, for example, Sam Hallgren named The Insider his number one movie with a conscience. Here's what he had to say about the movie, talking to his Cinecast co-host, Adam Kempinar. Yeah. Um, All right, my number one, and... um after something like The Great Dictator and uh, a number of these other films that are sort of a class- classics, but this this is one of my favorite films, and it is The Insider, directed by Michael Mann from 1999. A massacre theater pick. A massacre theater pick from just a couple weeks ago. Cheap skepticism. Um, this to me, some people criticize this film, I think, by saying, but really, where's the suspense in it? I mean, we all know that cigarettes are bad, so there's a whistleblower from inside this, you know, the tobacco industry, big deal. But really, for me, the tension really is between a decision about do I do I keep my own personal integrity and also the integrity of the media, which I think it's a real, the true indictment is not on the tobacco industry. No. It's on really 60 Minutes failure and really journalism's failure in some way. And I almost see this as a kind of, um, you know, a, a swan song or like a bookend in some way to a film like All the President's Men, where we see that really how powerful and effective journalism can be to seeing how journalism can be corrupted by money and by politics. And I feel like that's really where you get the suspense. It's also brilliantly uh, directed, and the acting is absolutely phenomenal. And I, I've seen this film several, several mm-hmm. times, and it really, man, always is able to get me caught up in the tension of the uh, the story. Yeah, I love The Insider as well. My number one, going back to 1972. 
While Sam's focus in that clip was on what the movie The Insider had to say about journalism, what I want to do today is talk about the way lawyers are depicted in the movie, and in particular, the plaintiff's lawyers, who are portrayed as modern-day dragon slayers, you know, always doing what's right, never making a false move. As a plaintiff's lawyer myself, I should like that, right? Well, stay tuned and I'll let you know whether or not I do. When The Insider was first released, I was drawn to it initially for its depiction of Ron Motley, a South Carolina plaintiff's lawyer played in the film by actor Bruce McGill. Long before I became a lawyer, back in 1985, I read a four-part New Yorker article about the asbestos litigation by Paul Brodeur, in which Ron Motley played a minor but key role. The article talks about how Motley had started working on asbestos cases in 1976, right at the beginning of the litigation. Motley was just 31 then, but he had already built a reputation as a sort of products liability guru who lectured to other lawyers around the state. He'd soon be the youngest ever president of the South Carolina Trial Lawyers Association. That 1985 article from the New Yorker made a big impression on me, and I remembered Ron Motley's name when The Insider was released. A second lawyer portrayed in the movie is Richard Dickey Scruggs. In doing a little research on Dickie Scruggs, I pulled out an old Fortune magazine from 2001 with a cover story called Killer Lawyers. Ron Motley's on the cover of that issue, by the way. And inside, it talks about Scruggs and says that he made an early fortune with asbestos suits and pioneered tobacco litigation in the mid-1990s. Scruggs is also a former Navy pilot, and in The Insider, he's depicted piloting his own jet. A little later in the movie, he's on the ground explaining his tobacco lawsuit to Jeffrey Wigand. Here's a clip from the movie. He's on line three. Hello? Mr. Scruggs? Jeff Wigand? Walt Bergman said I should give you a call? Uh, my co-counsel, Ron Motley, and I have filed a lawsuit against the tobacco industry on behalf of the state of Mississippi to get the state reimbursed Medicaid costs for treating people with smoking-related illness. If you'd be interested in talking to us, we'd certainly like to talk to you. That's some boring dialogue for a popular movie, isn't it? Let me break it down a bit. Scruggs and Motley represented the state of Mississippi in the part of the tobacco lawsuit featured in the movie. Mississippi was complaining because its citizens had developed smoking-related illnesses over the years and had to pay certain Medicaid costs to care for them. Now the state was suing the tobacco companies to recover those Medicaid costs. You get it? That's the basics of the real-life tobacco litigation that was a subplot in The Insider. Now even if Dickie Scruggs doesn't account for too much of the drama in the movie, not to worry, there's plenty of drama supplied by his co-counsel, Ron Motley, especially in a deposition scene in which Motley screams and shouts and, well, acts like all plaintiff's lawyers do, right? When I return after a short musical break, We'll look at that deposition scene in more detail. Sunshine is so good to you. Whatever happens, don't leave it so soon. It's alright when it's okay. Yeah, you never listen to what anybody else says. Such a stubborn one, I think I'm in love.
If plaintiff's lawyers Ron Motley and Dickie Scruggs are two of the insider's big heroes, it's the tobacco companies and their lawyers who are the movie's villains. In one exchange, the two sides meet face-to-face and have it out. Specifically, it's Ron Motley versus an overweight tobacco lawyer, while both are participating in a deposition Ron Motley is taking to preserve Jeffrey Wigand's testimony for trial. Let me play the part of the scene in which Ron Motley is at his most bulldogish. Straining order that has been entered against you by the court in the state of Kentucky. That means you don't talk. Mr. Motley, we have rights here. Oh, you've got rights. And lefts. Ups and downs and middles. So what? You don't get to instruct anything around here. This is not North Carolina, not South Carolina, nor Kentucky. This is the sovereign state of Mississippi's proceeding. Wipe that smirk off your face! Dr. Wagon's deposition will be part of this record. And I'm going to take my witness's testimony whether the hell you like it or not! Wow. It really makes you want to go out and kick some defense lawyer butt. Know what I mean? But did it really happen like this? At the end of the movie, viewers are treated to a disclaimer. Quote, Although based on a true story, certain events in this motion picture have been fictionalized for dramatic effect. Close quote. When the movie came out, the press speculated that the scenes that were fictionalized were those in which the tobacco insider received some mafia-style threats from his former employer, tobacco company Brown & Williamson. No one suspected that the bullying plaintiff's lawyers weren't being accurately depicted. Don't all lawyers act like that? Actually, they don't. A transcript of the actual deposition is available on the internet, and I'll link to it in the show notes. And if you compare the transcript to the movie, you'll find that Motley's heated speech, wipe that smirk off your face, etc., was the product not of reality or the truth, but of the overheated fantasies of Hollywood screenwriters. During the actual deposition, the lawyers were sort of polite to each other, generally speaking. Lots of people were fooled by the insider's depiction of the fire-eating Ron Motley, and it's easy to be fooled, but lawyers know, or should know, that the ones who are at the top of their profession don't usually scream at each other about their facial expressions. In fact, one of the primary rules when a lawyer is taking a deposition is never to let the other lawyer get to you. If the other lawyer is making facial expressions or sighing, or drumming his fingers on the table, the best thing to do is to ignore him. The other lawyer is trying to get under your skin. He's trying to get you to scream and yell because it will get you off your game plan. Good lawyers like Ron Motley don't take the bait. So that's the truth about the deposition scene, which might make you wonder about the truth of the rest of the movie. If you're anything like me, it might make you unable to believe anything about the movie. To enjoy it, you have to watch it purely as entertainment not as a means of learning the facts about the tobacco litigation or the 60-minute segment that wasn't aired. When I return after a short musical break, we'll wrap up this podcast with a look at Scruggs and Motley's current projects and a consideration about whether the overhyping of their careers by Hollywood really matters. Whatever I've done this time I know it must have been bad been bad When you give me that silent treatment I know you're really mad I'm getting that silent treatment And I don't know what 
So, does it matter whether the insider got it wrong about plaintiff's lawyers? If the movie were a work of pure fiction, it wouldn't matter as much, especially if the point of the fiction was merely to entertain, as opposed to, say, offering a critique, as a satirical depiction of lawyers might do. But the insider was marketed as giving viewers the straight scoop, based on a true story and all that. The trouble is that the film, while depicting Motley and Scruggs as heroes, also makes them look like bullies. If you don't buy into the idea of lawyers as heroes, most lawyers, of course, aren't heroes, they're just lawyers, that's what you'll take away from the movie. The plaintiff's lawyers are bullies. Now, that's not true in my experience. The notion that it might be true, however, would be confusing to young lawyers who might watch a movie like The Insider to learn a little more about their profession. Those lawyers are taught in law school and afterwards that civility in litigation is a virtue, as it is. But that idea is undermined by the depiction of the screaming plaintiff's lawyers in The Insider. And what about the public? If the idea that plaintiff's lawyers are bullies is the conventional wisdom, as perhaps it is, some clients of lawyers will expect and demand that their lawyers act like bullies too. In a country that's already litigious enough, that's one thing we don't need. Lawyers who not only litigate, but scream as they're doing it. Now before I wrap up, I promised I'd say a little bit about Scruggs and Motley's current projects. What have they been up to since Hollywood made a movie about them? As for Ron Motley, his main pursuit in recent years has been his 9-11 litigation on behalf of about 2,000 plaintiffs, both people injured on 9-11 and families of those who died. Motley and his firm are suing more than 200 defendants who allegedly funded terrorism during the 1990s, including lots of Saudis, seven Saudi charities, some Saudi banks, several prominent Saudi individuals, and several members of the Saudi royal family. Motley has spent over $18 million of his own money on the case and has assembled, according to one newspaper, the world's largest freestanding database of intelligence on Islamic terrorism. That sounds interesting enough to be the subject of another podcast. Meanwhile, Dickie Scruggs has been involved in the not-for-profit hospital class action litigation in which Scruggs is suing hospitals around the country for the way they seem to have one set of charges for people with insurance and another set of charges, much more expensive, for the uninsured who are billed the hospital's highest rates. Those lawsuits have had mixed success. Scruggs is also representing a number of Mississippi and Alabama Gulf Coast residents who suffered property damages in Hurricane Katrina, that litigation, and here I'm quoting from a Scruggs press release, seeks to, quote, compel the insurance companies to honor insurance obligations that the companies are seeking to reduce or eliminate through loopholes and deceptively written policy exclusions, close quote. That's another lawsuit that, even if it doesn't rate a podcast, certainly rates a post on my weblog, but I just haven't gotten around to it yet. And on that note, we'll end the show. The music during the first break was by New York's Brother Love, the song was called There She Goes. The second break featured the song Silent Treatment by P.W. Fenton and the Second Ward. Both songs were from the Podsafe Music Network at music.podshow.com. On my next podcast, I'm going to try out a new format called Litigation Radio. It will be a show for lawyers who litigate. I'll have news, gossip, tips, gadgets, a little bit of everything litigation related. Look for that in the next few weeks. In the meantime, Feedback about my podcast is always welcome. You'll find my email address on my web blog, Evan Schaefer's Legal Underground, at www.legalunderground.com. If you like the show, please tell your friends about it and have them subscribe for free at the iTunes Music Store or Yahoo's new podcasting portal. 
and thanks for tuning in. This has been the Legal Underground Podcast. For more legal education, visit Evan Schaefer's Legal Underground at legalunderground.com. When it doesn't nauseate, it always entertains.